Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Bus Stop Podcast. I am Eric Wesley, and today the podcast pulls into the bus stop to focus on Pride Month. Pride Month is celebrated every June in tribute to those involved in the Stonewall Riots. Now, if you're not familiar with the Stonewall Riots, in New York on June 28, 1969, police raided the Stonewall Inn, which was a gay club in Greenwich Village which resulted in bar patrons, staff, and neighborhood residents rioting onto Christopher Street just outside the bar. The movement continued over six days with protests and clashes, and the message was clear. Protesters demanded the establishment of places where LGBT plus people could go and be open about their sexual orientation without fear of arrest. Pride Month, is largely credited as being started by Brenda Howard, known as the mother of pride. A year after the Stonewall riots, Howard organized Gay Pride Week in the Christopher Street Liberation Day Parade. Now this eventually morphed into what we now know as the New York City Pride March, and from there, parades and marches across the world have evolved. Bill Clinton was the first U.S. president to officially recognize Pride Month in 1999 and in 2000. Then from 2009 to 2016, President Barack Obama declared June LGBT Pride Month. Joining us on today's podcast to talk more about Pride Month are two employees from our commercial development team. First, we have Trish McCloy, Senior Director of Digital and Customer Engagement. Trish, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me, Eric. And next, we have Todd Koch, Vice President, Strategy, Marketing, and Customer Engagement. Todd, welcome to the Bus Stop Podcast. Yeah, thanks so much, Eric, for having me. We are glad to have both of you here. And I believe this is both of your first time being on the podcast. Is that correct? That's right. Yep. All right. So what I always like to do is just give our listeners some background on your career here at Greyhound so they know a little bit more about, you know, what you do here for the company. So we'll begin with you first, Todd, if you'll just kind of walk us through your career here at Greyhound. Sure. Thanks, Eric. Uh, so I've been with the company now about 11 years. Um, and really now I started in finance uh, and, and as a director in finance and have worked kind of in different roles. And now I've got the privilege to, to lead, I would say some of the greatest groups at Greyhound. Um, I look after kind of corporate and service design strategy as well as um, business intelligence. So a lot of the reporting and dashboard capabilities that um, a lot of folks have been seeing come out of that team. Um, uh, I also look after marketing um, as well as e-commerce, and then all of our onboard products. So everything that you experience while on the bus, whether it's um, kind of the seating product or the Wi-Fi or the onboard entertainment, that, that group handles it. So I, I get to look after a pretty wide group um, of different uh, things around the company, which I definitely enjoy getting to do. Uh, sounds like it's uh, all customer focused. Is that safe to say? Very, very customer focused. Yeah, that's. I think it's part of the end of my <laughs> the end of my title is customer engagement. Absolutely, we are we are here to look after to get as many customers as we can, and then look after them while we have them. And I didn't know you started in finance. So I, the finance degree coming out of college. I did. I did start in finance. Um, yeah, I actually uh, did have a uh, an undergrad in finance. That's correct. 
Okay. How was that transition from finance to what you do now? Was it pretty easy or little yeah, hurdles in there? Yeah. Well, there's always there's always hurdles. I think I have never been um, a, a really core core finance person. I've always been more involved in operational finance and more involved in trying to um, uh, kind of be a consultant to whichever company I work for and trying to help them improve. And so I think that's what's helped me uh, move into the roles that I've been, which have been much, which have been really focused on transformation over the last few years. Um, and so that's why for me, the finance to uh, kind of commercial role wasn't that big of a leap. Okay. Okay, good. And Trish, tell us a little bit about your career journey here with Greyhound. Yeah, thanks, Eric. So uh, I've been here nearly six years. Um, and when I first started, I had uh, kind of a team of one, we used to joke. Uh, it was a team of me initially, uh, and, and it was about rebuilding the email program. So as we email customers, um, whether it's for uh, purposes of getting them to book a next trip, uh, getting them interested in places we go, all the different uh, destinations we have across the country, um, or really engaging them on uh, the current trip that they have, but making sure they're ready when they go to the terminal or station and making sure they're prepared and understand what, what that experience is going to be like. And then uh, also the loyalty program that kind of falls under me as well. Again, making sure that customers, you know, retain some stickiness. They travel once on Greyhound and they get, you know, a point. So uh, when they travel on us or they think about traveling again, we can have a little sense of stickiness. They already have one point. If they take another trip on us, they're going to um, earn another point. And then I, I think the, the, my career has evolved over the past year, mostly because I'm, I'm interested and I'm curious. So I ask questions all the time. I probably drive everyone crazy with, but how does that work? So I think the next natural fit for me was uh, managing the e-commerce team. Uh, they're responsible for kind of being the product managers of our e-commerce sites and our apps. So that's been really interesting getting into kind of the technical components, comparing those to the business requirements and making a kind of work together collaboratively to come up with a product that's really going to be uh, both customer friendly, really driving customer engagement and obviously driving revenue. Oh, that sounds good. Do you get the how does that work question back to you a lot? I, I do occasionally. Uh, I think naturally I might might have been a teacher in a former life. So I love those <laughs> kinds of questions. I like to dig into things and figure things out. Okay, good, good. So Trish, as we uh, move into Pride Month and you think about Pride Month, what does that mean for you and your personal journey? Yeah, I think what it really means uh, for me is all about visibility. You know, people who really are living their authentic lives, um, being who they really are, not having to um, be somebody else or not being worried about having to be someone else. And, and I think it's really kind of affirming the joy and freedom that is inherent in living your authentic self. And I also think about all the people you, you mentioned, the Stonewall Riots, um, and there have been big events and small events. They unfortunately still go on. Um, and particularly in um, international countries that kind of force this kind of, of change that that's grassroots change that's that's based on inequalities that are seen. And, I, and I'm very thankful uh, for all of those that have fought before us and really have been brave enough to be themselves, allowing me to be fully myself. Good, good. Tosh, she mentions uh, 
being your authentic self and you've been able to advance in your career up to the VP level, uh, being your authentic self, has that been something throughout your career that's been difficult to do or has it changed over time to become easier? Uh, you know, that's a great question. And I would say absolutely there have been times where I, I felt that I couldn't be as open as I wanted to. Um, and I'll be honest, that's really hard, especially um, when you are, uh, you know, at, at kind of more junior positions. That's really hard when you can't be open. Um, and and it, it just definitely stifles. Um, I, I think it stifles people in their work environment. I started my career at American Airlines, um, where frankly, it was it was much easier being open there. And I would say, especially um, at kind of a junior analyst position, which is what I started out as, um, it, I think there were lots of other folks around me that were like me. And there were a lot. And so I felt there that um, I was a lot more comfortable. Um, I, I would say after that, I went as an example to work for a very, very large national home builder um, as a division CFO and, and later moved even into their corporate office to kind of lead financial planning. Um, and that company was a good old boys club. There was no investment from their um, kind of leadership, from their senior executive team into any sort of diversity activity. Um, and, and so, you know, frankly, that led to an environment where I was not willing to share anything about myself or not willing to be open. Um, and, and, you know, what I probably was, you know, while I, I um, did some excellent work there, I think it was probably one of the, the my least favorite places to work. After that, I came to Greyhound. And, you know, to be completely honest, when I started at Greyhound, I was kind of unsure of what I was going to expect. Um, and, you know, then I think I've told this story probably a million times to people, but like in 2015 um, or 2014, actually, my family was featured in an ad by JCPenney, um, which was the first ad in the U.S. where there were two dads and their two kids. And it received a ton of media attention, and so did we. Um, and, you know, at the time, I was not really sure of what the reaction would be um, at, at, you know, at Greyhound, I wasn't sure what my boss was going to think. I wasn't sure what, you know, our leadership was going to think. I mean, it was going through the media everywhere. Um, and, you know, I really started to wonder, is this going to affect my position negatively, um, at the, at our, you know, at the company that I work for. And, and I have to say the opposite was the case. Everyone at Greyhound was incredibly supportive, um, including Dave Leach, who made sure to let me know that, you know, if there was anything that my family needed, um, directly, to let him know. And that, you know, went a long way to really show me that Greyhound is a really inclusive place to work. And so, you know, while I've been generally lucky to work for some great companies, it still takes a lot of grit from someone to be who you are in a lot of workplaces, even in really open workplaces. There's always that every time someone, you know, asks me, um, you know, what what's my wife's name or something, I always kind of clench up at first and they're like, no, my husband's name is Cooper, you know, and there's even in, in very inclusive places. So that that's something that takes a long time and is, um, you know, and it's just something that's difficult for a lot of people. But, you know, I think one of the things that I've tried to do while I've been at Greyhound and, and I'm lucky to be in a leadership position where I, I'm completely open about who I am, um, completely open about my family you know, and I really do hope that that makes others feel even a tiny bit more comfortable about being themselves at Greyhound. When there's a community uh, that 
employees know about, such as like with the diversity employee resource group, does that help make it easier for an employee? I think it does. I think it, it definitely makes it easier for someone to go, um, even if they just have simple questions or they're looking for mentorship, right? It, it definitely gives them a place to voice concerns. Hey, tell me about, you know, uh, have you heard anything about whether or not um, this is something that is frowned upon here or not, or, or whatever the questions may be. You know, people have lots of questions about wherever they work, and it's not necessarily even just about, um, you know, LGBT um, type issues. But I think that's definitely an area um, using those kind of uh, ERG groups and, and diversity groups is something that could be very beneficial to folks. And Trish, I know that we don't have this on the Q&A, but I just want to ask you the same question. Uh, about being able to be open and with the community, uh, with the companies you've worked for, Greyhound and uh, previous companies. How has that been for you and your experience? Yeah, ironically, uh, although I didn't know him at the time, Todd and I both worked for American Airlines. So it was a very similar experience. Um, and, and being open with uh, the people I was meeting, the people on the team, uh, it was much easier and very comfortable in an airline business. Um, and then I was lucky enough to know some folks already at Greyhound, um, folks that I greatly admire. And, and that made it easier to know what I was walking into and, and what kind of, you know, general atmosphere and what kind of um, culture was uh, at a company. And, and a lot of times I think you have to think about, you know, a company that's been around a really long time and, and the kind of elasticity of that company changing over time from what it was a hundred years ago um, through to today and how has that company evolved? And I, I think that was um, something that was very comfortable for me coming into Greyhound. Good, good. Well, well Todd, a lot of steps have been made forward uh, for the LGBTQ community. Um, as you look at today's society, is there, do you see some things that are missing still? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's that's a really great question and and very and likely has very different answers mm -hmm. based on which letter of the LGBTQ um, you identify with, because I think there are uh, huge things missing for some of those letters. I would say personally, um, for me, I think there's a need, uh, there's a pretty significant gap in mentorship in general of LGBTQ youth, kind of at the middle school and high school level, as well as career mentorship. Um, you know, many LGBT youth are pushed out of their homes. They have very dysfunctional relationships with, some have very dysfunctional relationships with their parents, which clearly can have some very negative impacts on them during some incredibly formative years. Um, and so, you know, as we all know, parents, um, a parent or parents are extremely important for support and guidance in those years. Right. And so, you know, I think that when that's lacking for LGBTQ kids, as well as any kids, frankly, that can have a really big developmental impact on them. And so I think that's one of the, for me, one of the big areas um, that I think that there's a lot missing is kind of this, this mentorship and guidance kind of aspect from the LGBT community. Okay, good. And, and Trish, for someone who's looking to become an ally of the of the LGBTQ community, what what would you recommend they do? 
Yeah, I think there's a lot of, of things that they could do. First of all, I would love to say that we love allies, you know, come join us. We, we love your support. We, we would like to, and, and I think this is true with kind of a lot of different marginalized groups, you know, working together and working across kind of individual groups uh, is beneficial um, for the country um, and actually globally. So come join us. You can be an ally. We can, we can work together and help you and you can help us kind of think through things. We have similar experiences. We're not all kind of one dimensional. There's a lot of intersectionality that happens across groups. Um, so I, I, I think that understanding that is important. Um, from a resource perspective, there's a lot of resources. Todd was talking about LGBTQ youth and there's a really great uh, uh, foundation called the Trevor uh, Project. And they do a lot of crisis intervention and, and suicide prevention, specifically in LGBTQ youth. That's a, that's a great organization. The Human Rights Council is also another really good one. Um, and, and GLAAD. And, and GLAAD also has an offshoot, a uh, PFLAG that has been around for, I don't know, I, as long as I can remember. And it's uh, Parents and Friends of Lesbians and Gays. So PFLAG intentionally was built as an ally subset. Um, a long time ago. In fact, I was in PFLAG before I went over to, to not PFLAG. Uh, so uh, I think there are a lot of different organizations that you can uh, reach out to. They were in the internet world now and everything is online and uh, you can always Google it. Uh, but I think those are great ways to start. But honestly, having a conversation, uh, a thoughtful conversation um, is the best way to get to know someone in, in any situation. Um, and I think that's really the best way to really understand uh, what the challenges are, understanding individual challenges. We don't have the same challenges, Todd and I. Um, you know, so I think it's an individual conversation. And that is what I think is most impactful. Yeah, communication is always a key in any relationship to helping you get to know each other. Uh, a lot better and being able to support one another. Uh, Trish, and this is also for you, Todd, but we'll begin with Trish. Uh, as we uh, move a little closer to closing out the podcast, uh, what would you say is most misunderstood about the LGBTQ uh, community and individuals? Yeah, I, I, and Todd actually alluded to this too. So I, I think the fact that uh, there are a lot of people that think when we are coming out and we uh, first identify as, as LGBTQ, um, that that's a one-time situation that you've come out, you know, you've, you've kind of had the first conversations with hopefully the most important people in your life and you are now officially out of the closet and everything else is, you know, cake from there, but that's really not the case. You, you come out every time you meet a new neighbor you know, my Pakistani neighbor, how is she going to react to the fact that my wife and I are her neighbors? Um, when you take a new job, we talked about that a little bit. What is kind of the culture at that new job? Can, can I be my authentic self? Um, can I help once I take a new job to kind of forward the diversity perspective of that company? Is that something that I want to also include? Um, and just meeting new people or meeting your sister's, you know, new husband and, and how are other people going to react? So it's not just kind of a singular event. Suddenly, poof, you're out and uh, everybody knows it's, you know, we don't have tags anymore. So you don't know who's really out and who's not. And, and that's an uncomfortable 
analysis that everyone has to make. And then, you know, kind of a scary decision. Do you think that will always be uh, that way or will we get to a place in society where you won't always have to introduce yourself? Yeah, that's an interesting question, Eric. My wife is was a substitute teacher last year in high school, and the stories that she brought home left me with a lot of hope. It was in um, different situations in high school. You know, there were you know two girls talking about well, this is my girlfriend, and or a guy would talk about um, you know his his boyfriend, and it was no big deal to anybody. So they're much more. I find the youth much more open. And especially in, I mean, we're in a big city here, so I'm sure that has a lot to do with it. But I, I think the pendulum is, is going the right way. Um, and I think, what did they say? Two steps forward, only one step back. Hopefully it's a very small step back. But I do feel like um, the pendulum is going the right way. And Todd, how, what, what would you say is most misunderstood about the community? Yeah, Um I think one of the things that I would say is the most misunderstood is uh, using the words choice and lifestyle. I think so many people still today believe that it, you know, being gay or lesbian is a choice or either a lifestyle. And I, I, it really isn't. So many studies now are showing that genetics are really tightly linked to same-sex behaviors. I mean, frankly, it's no great surprise to me, as I would expect if I were to ask um, you, Eric, or anybody else, you know, why you've made a choice to be straight, your answer wouldn't be, your answer would be, it, it isn't a choice, right? That's just right. how you were born. That's how you think. And so I, I think that's one of the main, um, you know, areas that I think people still misunderstand about LGBTQ um, individuals is that they believe that this is some choice that they've made. Um, and so that's one of the things that even if, you know, nothing else, people hopefully will start to understand that this is this is true genetics and biology at work, not just something that someone chose. Any final comments from either of you of something maybe we didn't touch upon that you'd like to, to mention? Yeah, the only thing I would I, I'm I'm extremely glad to talk about and to mention is that I'm just so proud that our company has chosen to recognize Pride Month. Um, and uh, Eric, that you have decided to have a podcast about pride and about some of the challenges that that people within um, that uh, that group face. And so I, you know, I just definitely appreciate that visibility, like Trish mentioned earlier. There's that's a big part of um, our community is being visible. Great. Well, thank you, Todd, definitely for being here and talking with us today. And Trish, how about you? Any final comments? Yeah, I'd, I'd just say that um, we're, we're all, <laughs> we're all people, and it's really just a little bit of understanding and empathy um, for what different groups of people are going through. I mean, I um, can't understand uh, uh, someone who is um, born up in, on a farm and is a farmer, but that doesn't mean I don't have empathy for their situation. Uh, someone who is born into a Muslim family. I doesn't mean I can't have empathy for their situation. So I think the more we look at other people's situations and those people around us, we all want the same thing. We all want to be happy. We want our kids to be safe and happy. Um, and I, I think that the pathway to that is more empathy. And, and that that's where I would end. Empathy goes a long way, especially with kindness and love for each other as we continue to get to know each other better and realize we have a lot of similarities 
with one mm-hmm. another. So, well, Todd and Trish, thank you both very much for your time today. I know you're both very busy uh, working on things to make the customer experience uh, much better each and every day. So thank you for taking time out of your schedules to talk to us. Thank you. Thank you, Eric. Ladies and gentlemen, we want to thank you also for joining us today. And be sure to come back for the next episode of the Bus Stop Podcast as we continue to keep the spotlight on Pride Month. Until then, remember, you are Greyhound. Be first, be safe, be stellar.